Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast, our second of the NRL preseason with the proper NRL trials kicking off tonight with this storm and the doggies from Belmore Oval. That'll be a ripping night out there for this week's podcast. Plenty to talk about Jaden Campbell and Dave Fafita out injured until about round four or five. The Titans are reporting, throwing a massive spanner in the works of the 5-8 position for Supercoach, especially at the Kuma Stallions, who are now looking for a replacement for Jaden Campbell. As we mentioned, with that Bulldogs trial, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen gets a start at fullback for the Storm. A massive watch, probably the number one watch of the preseason because if he can fire, it's going to save, I think, most Supercoach teams about two hundred grand in their cap if they can squeeze a little Pappy in. Uh, but if he does come back from all those injuries a little bit slow and a little bit off pace, we might be uh, having to look to pay up an extra 200 or so K for someone like Tom Trebojevic, Kalen Pong, uh, Reese Walsh, whoever it might be. Anyway, guys, for anyone new to this podcast, the questions come from the SC Playbook subscribers. The questions go out in our, or come through, I should say, in our WhatsApp group. Answer those, but of course, free to listen to for anyone who follows SC Playbook podcasting. Now, let's get stuck into this week's questions. And we start with a question from Reese saying, Morning, Timmy. Morning, mate. If Sam Hughes brains it, what do you think of having him as one of your starting front roles, allowing me to have Harry and Turbo? I don't mind it. Yeah. Obviously, some risk to it, but a lot of hype around Sammy Hughes. We'll obviously get a good look at him during the trials. So on all reports, fit as a fiddle, can play semi-decent minutes there. So if he can slot in and be one of our starting front row spots, hopefully it's not a a repeat of Franklin Pelé and there will be risk in it. I still think, look, you'd... If you have sort of three cheapy front row forwards and one, let's say, semi-decent one or one gun there and you're just plugging in the best of the other three, I don't mind it. As I said, it's I say it time and time again, but it's not a high upside position. So if you can get a cheapy there that can plug you 40 to even 45 points for those first four or five rounds, six rounds before you can upgrade them to hopefully a fallen gun, I don't mind the play at all, but yeah, Really, there's a lot to play out between now and round one. How the doggies name their bench. Hopefully, they run with whether it's dual hookers or a utility back on the bench because that'll help a lot. Next question from Tyson Jones. With a lot of talk this preseason around mid-range two RFs, I have seven in mind that I've flirted with having in my side. Lane, P. Kura, Curran, Lukey, Bloor, Fermor, Wong, if he starts. Can you rank them one to seven on who you would want in your team come round one? Thanks, as always. Oh, boy. Look. I can tell you what I've got. I'm going to, I mean, not this is going to be relevant, but because it's more cheapies, but 
put out a cheapies yarn, hopefully within the next few days. It might be Monday whenever I get around to doing that, ranking the cheapies, talking about all the best ones. We'll have a bit more of an idea after the first round of trials. Uh, but also, I will do my updated team reveal. Obviously, Jaden Campbell out, that changes things there. Whether or not Pappy goes well tonight, if he struggles a bit, that's going to my team will change completely. So that'll be on the SC Paper website. Hoping to update that within the next couple of days as well once I get that look at Pappenhausen. On the back rowers, in my side currently, Sean Lane won't be going anywhere. Pia Kura likely won't be going anywhere. Josh Curran probably won't be going anywhere. Bo Firmor with Fafida out. This could see Firmor get those first three to four rounds on the left edge outside Kieran Form where I like him way more. Not guaranteed, but that is where he did all his damage two seasons back before he did his ACL, uh, and he scored a ton of tries on the left edge where I much prefer him. So Firmore's in, Kai Pierce-Paul, he's obviously in a battle for the edge spot at the Knights with Dylan Lucas. I actually like both of these guys. I'm really concerned they're going to step on each other's toes when it comes to super coach and eat into each other's minutes. But I've been watching highlights of Piers Paul. He looks the goods and he looks so super coach friendly. He busts tackles. He's very rangy. He offloads a lot and he really looks to offload as well. A lot of attacking upside. So I've got Piers Paul in there at the moment. And the other one that's just come into my team over Viliami Kikau is Helam Lukey. And that's with news that Luciano Lua apparently looking for a release to go to the Dragons. If this happens, it does help Lukey's case to play bigger minutes on the edge. At the same time, though, they do have Fine Furiaki, the gun big back rower as well there. So if Luciano goes, Fine Furiaki may come onto the bench and it might not actually change that much, especially because Leilua is probably more capable of playing in the middle. But... I do like it. I love Helam Lukey as a footballer. I love him as a super coach player with the Cowboys draw to start. He's in there at the moment. Uh, but as I said, there are so many. I did my storm analysis during the week. Sean Bloor looks a really, really good buy in limited sample size, playing 80-minute games last year for the Tigers. I've scratched that round 27 game where they got pummeled by Manly. But the other two games... He scored something like 90 and 50 or 60 or something, and he's basing those two games in 80 minutes were 50 and 40. Mid-range 400s, I think Blore becomes a great one as well. So, look, they're the guys I've got in my team at the moment. Uh, big trial watch on a couple of players this weekend and a few other things to pan out there. Uh, I was waiting for this one. Who are you going now without Jaden Campbell? Look, it is very, very difficult. I go through them and I do not like anyone. And I don't have a definitive answer for you right now, but I can. I will have one when I do reveal my team on the SC Playbook website. That'll obviously be out on socials the next couple of days. I can tell you through what I'm thinking, though. Dylan Brown was someone that I was happy to go against early to spend up bigger elsewhere. I do not really like anyone outside of Brown. I didn't mind Munster, but they've got the early buy and a really tough draw. So I'm against him. I'm always keen on Cody Walker, but now he's got an injury concern and he's in doubt for round one, so I don't really want to pay it for him. Outside of him, Tom Dearden, like he had three awesome games last year. They were smack bang in the middle of the origin period. I think he destroyed a second string Panthers team. It might have been the Tigers in there as well. Outside of that, he struggled on a good day to score over 80. I do think Dearden will improve a lot this year, but the numbers aren't great. 
you go down the list, I need to see more from Luke Brooks at Manly and I think Tommy Turbo, DC, they're getting all the good attacking ball. Burton, maybe, but again, you need to see a lot from the doggies before picking Matty Burton. Ezra Mam scored, what, 17 or some ridiculous amount of tries last year and averaged 52. Uh, we spoke about it on beers and break even with Guru this week, but I just, as good as he is in the upside of him as a developing young playmaker, I think he's only going to get, well, he will get better and better and better. But you look at the numbers in it and they're not great. So again, all the all their plan there is to get good ball to, to Reese Walsh going down the list. And we look at guys like Braden Trindle, who is a genuine pick at 439k. But again, it's the Nico Hines show at the Sharks. If Trindle kicks goals, which I don't expect him to, I think it'll be Hines, but Trindle does hit them well, that'd change a lot. If Trindle was kicking goals, I'd get him and I'd start him. So, yeah, look, no different events now. That'll be in my team reveal the next couple of days, trying to work out whether I just pay up for Dylan Brown, but that is also a lot of money from Jaden Campbell, and I'm going to have to restructure my entire side as a result. So, yeah, to be announced there. Next one from Nicholas Belirus. Thanks for all your hard work to set up these potties. Thank you, mate. I swear I'm not uh, just making up these comments either. They are in there. Was just wondering what role and minutes you think Jai Arrow could get. Would be an amazing plug into front row forward. I, I, don't, I was going to say I really like Jai Arrow. I don't really like Jai Arrow. I like Jai Arrow. 466K, does he play an 80-minute edge role? Probably not. But even if he can play 65 between middle and an edge, I again, I don't love him, but there are so few quality mid-range front row forward options. It seems the same every year. I feel like a few years ago, three, four, five years ago, there was a few in there that you could plug in. You'd know they'd get you your 45 to 50, make a bit of cash, and then you could get a fallen gun. Last few years, just absolutely nothing. Look, Arrow averaged 50 minutes per game last year, obviously primarily through the middle there. Played a little bit on the edge, but not a heap. Uh, An average 46 points. So if he can get an 80-minute edge roll, Talis Duncan, not that I'd read too much into this, but was named outside the 17 for the Bunnies Charity Shield side to play the Dragons this week. But if Arrow plays big minutes on the edge, sweet. He'll be perfect. Of course, you know, does he play 55 to 60 and Talis Duncan comes off the bench onto that edge? That's probably more likely. Look, if he could land a 60-minute roll, I still don't mind it, especially if it's on the left outside Cody Walker. And I think that left edge will get a ton of good ball. So I am semi-keen on Jai Arrow, but just a big watch on that round one bench uh, and what, what any word is out of the club about the minutes of Jai Arrow going forward. Question from... Dave, mate, what do you think of Liam Henry? Do we think he could be a Lindsay Smith of last year, running the front row of May, Henry, Wilson, and Hughes? Front row isn't an outlandishly high-scoring spot, and I think they're a decent cheapest that can get 40-plus thoughts. Oh, I hope there's decent cheapies who can get 40-plus, but I'm not convinced on any of them just yet. Front row is such a – I mean, every position is, but particularly front row to a less degree uh, – sorry, second row – such big watches on those round one team lists because we need to see the makeup of the bench. You know, if you like a starting front rower, but there's a four forward middle bench, four middle forward bench, well, they're probably not going to get the minutes. If you look at it and, and as side has a starting front rower, let's say the doggies and they have Sam Hughes starting and then they've Reed Marnie at nine and let's say they went with like a Jake Turpin at nine. 
or you know whoever they might have. They might have Kurt Mann at nine who can play probably more likely to play, can deputise at nine, can play middle. They go a couple of big boppers and then they pick an edge back row to sit there as well. Then you go, all right, there's good minutes in this for Sam Hughes, you'd think. So he becomes more popular. Around Liam Henry, look, he's currently not in my predicted 17. That's not to say he won't be there, but the middles pick themselves to start. The Oda Fisher-Harris, yo. You go to the bench, I think Tyrone Peach is probably the utility. They could go with like a Sonny Luke or a Dane Laurie, but either way, that's probably not going to impact the rest of the bench too much. There will be a utility. Lindsay Smith, I don't think he's going anywhere. Luke Garner played grand final last year. He probably stays there. And then Matt Eisenhuth. So I just, even if he gets picked, I'm not sure Liam Henry will see enough minutes to warrant buying, even though he's starting at 238k. But you know, there's trials to come. There's the World Club Challenge. If he goes over and plays the World Club Challenge and, you know, the full team's on deck and he gets decent minutes, the, my mind will change immediately. So just a big watch there. Guys, as mentioned in the last week's podcast, we are teaming up again with Gareth White and his team at CCAL. Basically, if you're out there and you're doing it a bit tough on the punt, you're struggling to control your punting, there's help available and could not recommend and push any more. Go and get some help with it. I've sat down with, with Gareth a few times and it normally starts with a half an hour conversation about Supercoach and his team and the Sharkies and all that sort of thing. Uh, but when we get into the nitty gritty of it and, and I sort of speak about how do we get the, the message across to people that are struggling with a little bit and a lot of things have stood out. But one of them is that he said they might not be massively problem gamblers out there as such or people that think they are. But it puts a lot of strain on relationships, whether it be with family members or, in particular, their partners. And, you know, you have a bad day on the punt, a bad weekend on the punt, and it just boils over. It leads to arguments and all sorts of different things. That's a sign of problem gambling. I said, you don't have to be going broke and having zero money in your bank account. It can be a lot smaller than that, uh, but also having a big impact on your life. So, guys, don't sit here and listen to me say this for the next six, seven, eight months. Reach out now. It can change your life to do that. You can email Gareth on gareth.w at ckal.org.au. Ckal is spelled C-E-C-A-L. Phone them on 02-9559-4013 or probably the easiest way to do it on Instagram. Direct message them at ckalgambling, C-E-C-A-L. It is free of charge. It is completely confidential, so reach out today. Question from Ox. When Brimo gets his draw, what are your thoughts about running him at 5'8"? Good draw and talented player, but early buy, and the tits are missing some key players to start the season. Ox, I have some deflating news for you, my friend. Unfortunately, Brimo cannot solve our positional issue at 5'8", because uh, we had Tommy Sangster, Supercoach Godfather, on the SC Playbook podcast on Tuesday night. Jump in and have a listen to that one if you haven't already. And we spoke about Brimo and, and Tommy said, yep, he'll get his jewel when they do update that before round one, before those games in Vegas, round zero. Um, he'll be getting dual CT dub. So Desi's come out and said that he's going to play centre this year. So he'll be dual fullback centre. Not such a bad thing because I think he will be amazing potentially at centre for Supercoaches this season if he plays that roving sort of centre role and he slots in as a second fullback at times. But yeah, to start the season far out, he would have been a handy little uh, dual person to plug in at 5.8 at a reasonable price. Question from Robbie. Early days, but if both Cleary and Nico have easy games on the same weekend, which way would you lean for a captain's choice? Yeah, look, there are so many variables which will impact this. You know, venues, 
opposition, who's defending on their edges, so many different things. But if I had to pick one, it would be Nico, just because there is so much attack spread around the park at the Panthers and so many different attacking avenues. At the Sharkies, it is Nico Hines. He gets so many touches and so many good touches uh, when they've got attacking ball and attacking the opposition line. So it, it, more often than not, it would be Nico. I like him for that massive ceiling, but yeah, a lot of variables going to that one. Question from Matt. I've currently got Cheese in hands at hooker. Do you see Cheese bouncing back strong enough to be my main hooker? I don't have a strong answer for you on Cheese there. Sorry, mate. Uh, if I did, I'd tell you. I don't know. Like, he was pretty ordinary last year. You look at the numbers, he averaged 58 minutes per game as a hooker. So I don't think he's going to improve on that. So on the raw numbers, I don't think he improves much. But, you know, it's not all about numbers in Supercoach. We know that Cheese is a Dalian positional winner of the at hooker a couple of years ago. Granted, that was predominantly playing at lock for the Melbourne Storm. He scored a ton of tries that year. But we know the class of Brendan Smith when he's on his game. And he wasn't bad by any means last year. He just wasn't what we expected. He was at a new club, new attacking structures, a lot of different things. So if Cheese comes back, fit firing, and looks good. Like He looked really good in the back end of last year in a few games. He scored two tries last year. He had only a handful of tries, just maybe five or six or something. So there's no reason why he can't be a big improver and be a good little you know, opportunity to your ladder to a Harry Grant or a Jeremy Marshall King, whoever it might be. I'm scarred from last year and starting with him. So not for me, but again, if he comes out and brains trials and, and looks the goods, I don't mind it at all, but I just want to see something first because last year was, uh, I said, pretty scarring. Question from our man, Maxie Bryden. SC Playbook store this day these days, Maxie. Uh, and it is around Tricky Trindle, who I did touch on briefly before, so I won't go back into it, but I will mention Maxie Bryden and Stevie Hevener, our draft experts. They have recorded the first ever SC Playbook NRL Supercoach draft preseason special edition podcast for us that will be going live on Friday. It's an absolute corker. So for any draft players out there, I think this first episode touches on the 101 for learners, first-timers, how to play it, the strategies, all that sort of thing. They also then, for the more experienced players out there, they do their rankings for a few different positions and touch on a bunch of different things on Supercoach Draft. Part two of that, I believe, will be next week. So dropping uh, Friday around about lunchtime, so tune in and have a listen to that one. Question from Corey. Thoughts on a Teddy bounce back? I like to try different stuff. And all reports, Robbo has focused on slow starts this season. I do think Teddy will bounce back. I think he can improve on his average last season, which was 69. I think he can average you know, back towards that 75. 80 might be a bit of a stretch, but I mean, his four seasons prior, 79, 87, 95, 84. I wouldn't be shocked if he's averaging 80 by end of season. My issue with Teddy is firstly, relatively tough draw to start the season for the Roosters. I just don't think he has the ceiling of the best players in the position, at least based on what we saw last season. Tom Trebojevic, Kalen Ponga, Reese Walsh, they can go like 150 pluses in a breeze. Maybe that's a bit uh, ambitious. 130 plus in a breeze and, and do it quite effortlessly. Teddy just, he's not getting those just soft try assists that he used to because 
maybe he's lost an ounce of speed. His ball playing was down significantly last season where he'd just chime in, throw that last pass, get a try assist. Turbo, even Latrell, Walsh, Ponga, they get so many of these. Teddy can get back to that, but again, I want to see it first and I want to see his ball playing improve uh, this season. The Roosters have a gun team. If they fire, they start quicker and start blowing teams off the park. Teddy can be a great buy. I'm not saying he's a bad buy, but there are there are better options for me. Question from Braden, touching back on the 5'8 position with Jaden Campbell News, the Jaden Campbell News. Is Dillbags the only option at 5'8 to start with? He's not the only option, and, and I've run through a lot of them. My preference is still to start with a cheaper, uh, um, probably not cheap, cheap, but a mid-range 5'8 to start the year. But as I outlined before, there's no one that really has their name up in lights screaming, pick me, pick me. So he's the obvious one, but he's also 780K. So if you can find someone who can not even average near him, average within 15 of him to start the season, you can get him for three, 400K cheaper, well, happy days. And then, you know, round five, six, whenever it might be, you do that that upgrade to Dillbag. So certainly not the only option, but... Yeah, if I'm being honest, I'm struggling to find an alternative to him as it stands. Question from Josh. What are your thoughts on guys like Muli Talo, Nanai, and Nikara? Muli Talo, he's he's one for later in the season. They've got a soft draw to start, but when they get a string of soft games, if the Sharks are firing and they play against some teams who you know are a little bit injury-riddled, you know, defences are starting to open up a little bit, the Sharks are firing, and he can bag those two, three tries in a game and get those big scores, but need to wait for that. Again, not saying he's a bad buy early on, especially with that Sharks draw, but I think defences will be tighter, and as a result of that, wingers who are priced relatively expensively, it does make them a little bit harder to come by, so not overly keen on him. Jeremiah Nanai, a bit down last season, averaged 57 points per game in 71 minutes per game. A few injury issues there. You know, he was brilliant the season before, scored a ton of tries, and that was only a 63-point average. We know his base isn't great. Base 37 last year, so he is attack-reliant. Cowboys have a great draw. I think he'll be in for a big season, and I won't be going with him to start the season. What's he priced at, Nanai? 583k, so he's a decent price. I just think for 100 to 150k cheaper, there are a lot of really good mid ranges. So not for me, Nanai. Uh, and Britton Nikara, he was brilliant last year. His base improved significantly. He starts this year at 710k though, uh, and for the same reasons as Nanai with all the great mid range picks. Just waiting on him. He'll be someone I'm eyeing off later. Base 47 improved a lot last year, but yeah, a lot of tries, a lot of assists. A lot of line break, so I'll be looking to, to get him a bit later on in the season. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Question from Corey. Would you buy Keanu Keeney and boost your other position now? Jaden Campbell's out. All I've heard is good things about Keeney this preseason. No, I wouldn't. I don't think. No, actually, I definitely wouldn't for a few reasons. 287K, so he's very cheap. He'll probably score relatively well. But the Titans have a round two by. So what, he'll play round one, round three. There's every chance that AJ Brim, sorry, AJ Brimson, Jaden Campbell's back by round four. He might not even get a price rise if Jaden Campbell comes back at fullback. He'd have to kill those first two games against the Dragons and Doggies in round one and three to keep that spot from Jaden Campbell. So two big concern there. The other issue, he's only available at fullback. So who, what, what gun are you going to sacrifice for a bloke with job security issues, scoring question marks? So even if he comes out and belts the first two games, look, probably not for me. Well, definitely not for me. Question from Russ B. Dillbags and Kiraz or Dearden and Marju? Really keen on Marju for points, pod, and season keeper, but Dillbags and Kiraz make sense. You're right. Dillbags and Kiraz does make sense. That is the option I would lead towards. I just much prefer Dillbags over Dearden. There's no reason why Kiraz can't score You know, close enough to Marju. He's a lot cheaper. I prefer Dillbags and Kiraz. At the same time, mate, you quite really keen on Marju for points. If you think he's just going to be locked and loaded for the season, score a ton of tries. Go with the gut, but I'd be deal bags and Kiraz. Question from Sammy. Shout out to Sammy, Chris, who are once again this season looking after the late mail thread in the WhatsApp chat. Uh, an awesome, awesome resource for all the late mail getting around uh, the NRL world and for super coaches, uh, Adam Styles the late male king as well, on board with SC Play with this season. A huge coup for the book. And uh, Adam's also in there chiming in where needed. So Sammy asks, what are your thoughts on Luttrell and Turbo combo? Are, or are you set on Ponga being an absolute must-have? No, I'm not, mate. Um, I like the combo. Ponga, I'm really keen on him. I can honestly potentially, well, I've spoken about it before, but goal kicking full-time, full season at fullback, fully fit. I can see him potentially even improving on his average last season. But Tom Trevojevic and Latrell Mitchell, what an incredible combination. So, yeah, no knock on those boys at all. Next question from Krisky. Thoughts on Jacob Little? Could be an 80-minute hooker. Cheaper option to Robson. Games, he played 60-plus minutes last year. Average 61. In 61 and 56 average in 2022 in 80-minute games. He's currently priced on A. 45-point average from 54 minutes per game. Not someone I had overly considered, but if he was an 80-minute hooker, yeah, why not? The issue there will be Connor Molhais and young dummy half, who I think he played a bit of, spent a bit of time coming off the bench last season, played six games. So if he's named on the bench round one, it could be a split role. Look, if Little gets is the sole hooker to start the year, yeah, I mean, he's a solid enough option there. Good running game, can find a bit of attack there. So see how preseason plays out, see what the round one team is, but it's a, it's a fair spot and one that, yeah, potentially to put on radars. The other thing with him is that 
let's say the Eels do name dual hookers, one on the bench with Lassick and Hand. You know, I'm I'm getting a bit colder on Braley just because he's not been named in the trial game this week in a pretty strong night side. I don't know what the update is on him injury-wise and on return, but you would have thought they'd want to get as many minutes as they could into him and, and game time and match fitness leading into the season. Not playing this weekend, so that's a concern. So, look, if all these cheapy hookers sort of fall off the radar a bit, maybe they'd lose a play. Question from Alan. With the Knights' good draw and no buy, can you touch on Bradman Best? The guy is almost 175 keeper, cheaper than Marju, come in at 614k. I don't mind Best. He, he had great base stat player, averaged 32 in base last season, scored, started the season really slow try scoring, but then they sort of came in waves a little bit later on in the year, end up with a couple of doubles, a triple, a 152-point score when he did score a triple against the Doggies in round 18. Priced on a 60-point average from 80 minutes per game, the two years prior, 51, 52, and 62 back in 2020. Of course, you know, last year being a stronger season for the Knights. I don't mind him as a pod play. I, you know, the way the Knight and like most attacking structures are, to be fair, in, in the NRL these days, but certainly the Knights on that left edge with Ponga, is he just runs such a good decoy line, uh, best, and Ponga just cuts him out and hits Marju, who just scores these easy, easy tries. So, yeah, look, he's a, he's a lot cheaper, not a tremendous amount cheaper in the grand scheme of things than Marju. I prefer Marju, but I mean, best, hopefully he's fully fit. He always seems to have a little bit of an injury niggle. He's missed a lot of games in the past. Uh, but did play 23 games last season, which was unreal. Could be a great buy. I would just be tempted to probably pay up the S175 for Marju. Um, but at the same time, don't let that me deter you because they've got a great thing going on that left edge of the Knights with his base, tackle-busting ability. There's no reason why, why Best can't score well this season. Question from Wick. Thoughts on Tom Eisenhuth if he starts in the second row for the Dragons? 356k, dual to RF, RF CT dub. Initially, I was a little bit interested with him when named on the edge for the charity shield, Tommy Eisenhuth. But the issue there could be is if Luciano Leilua lands down there. Someone mentioned, it might have been Tommy Sanction on the podcast on Tuesday, I think they're in the market clearly for a back rower and probably an edge back rower, the Dragons. They've been putting feelers out. There's been a few reports around it, Luciano being one of them. So it does make you think, uh, you know, how locked in is Tommy Eisenhuth in this spot, even if he does get the round one starting spot. So... Look, I think Tommy Eisenhuth is just an evaluate ahead of round one. Let's see if they sign Luciano or if they sign any other edge back rowers who could take his spot. Let's see how he looks in the trials, what the bench looks like, etc., etc. But yes, if they haven't signed anyone, he's starting there in round one. It all looks like it's going to plan. He's a genuine option, Tommy Eisenhuth. Question from Danny Heath. Hey, mate, struggling to get the side I want without compromising and really looks like, like the look of my side with hands and Braley at hookup. Brackets, pretty fitting as my team name is Cheap Hookers. Fair play. You almost have to now. Harry Grant has been good to me in Supercoach the last couple of years and feels crazy going without him, but is there merit in this? If not, would you sacrifice at 5'8 or CTW instead? In terms of where you sacrifice, mate, every team's different. Everyone has their preferences, so it's hard to say. I don't know how many guns you've got at CTW or at 5'8 or what's going on, so it's a little bit hard to judge. On the dual Cheapy Hookers, though, Spy had a chat about this on Tuesday night and he was somewhat looking at it. 
if Hands gets the 80-minute roll and looks good in trials and it looks like he's got it, I don't mind it. Of course, if Hands and Lussick were both named, I do not like it at all because you could just be getting 35 points from either of those hookers, whether it's Braley or Hands that you're starting. And I definitely wouldn't be doing it. If Hands gets the 80-minute roll, you know, there's risk that if the eel starts slow or hand starts slow, Lussick comes in. Does he not handle the 80 minutes well enough early in the year? And Lussick's in there round two. I do see merit in it. If his name is the sole hook around one, I can get around it, sure. Again, there's so much play around the hooking spot. Sorry to keep saying it, but uh, leading into round one in teams. But, yep, hypothetically, if he does, yep, go for it. Question from Krusty is a good one. Could you realistically run Drew Hutchinson and Flano at 5'8"? Uh, I'll stop you there, mate. Hutcho, dual halfback, centre wing. I um, had to double-check that as well a couple of days ago So when he got named. But, yeah, so Hutcho, I don't mind him as a – we had a good chat about him, but as a, if he starts halfback round one for the doggies, which looks every chance, good base for a half, no, not a – don't have expect the world from him, but to select him as CT dub, very playable in your CT dub. I uh, don't mind him as a buy at all. Also from Krusty, can we confirm that the spy was able to obtain Taylor Swift tickets and get a start on Valentine's Day night? I'm hearing mixed reports. I can't uh, can't respond to whether or not he got a start on Valentine's Day night because I just don't know and I don't want to know. The Taylor Swift tickets, if anyone was watching the SC Playbook podcast, the other night, the back end of it, Spy really just stopped paying attention. He was doing something on his laptop, his phone, I don't know, all sorts of different things. He was trying to find Taylor Swift tickets. And this SC Playbook WhatsApp community we've got going, it's great. Lots of good, informative Supercoach chats, stats going around, some great opinions, et cetera, et cetera. And the Spy post in there, has anyone got any access to Taylor Swift tickets? So, Love a love story. We love Taylor Swift. No knocks on that, but spy time and place, mate. And I hope you got your tickets because, you know, we're all around you on that one. Going further down the chat, we do have a reply from the spy. Lots of non-success in answer to that part, to that question. <laughs> Bad luck, mate. Right, guys, we will wrap that up for this week's question and answer podcast. Hopefully got through plenty there and uh, answered a few of your questions right and had a bit of clarity around your teams. 5-8, I cannot imagine I've helped at all because I still don't know. As I said, team reveal coming up on the site later in the week. Uh, let's enjoy some trial footy and let's go, little Pappy. Cheers, guys. Have a great weekend.